Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. This is John Murphy, and it's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Richard Bodner. Dr. Bodner is an assistant professor of pathology. Dr. Bodner, welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. Thanks, John. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about my research at this podcast. I believe your principal area of interest is angiogenesis, and I think you would characterize yourself as a vascular biologist. So, Perhaps with that very brief introduction, please tell us a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish. Yes, I think of myself as a vascular biologist, and I'm very interested in angiogenesis because of the blood system and its importance in the body, whereas all tissue needs a vascular system, and without that, the tissue can't work. And the problem that comes out now is there's a lot of pathological angiogenesis, and there's been over 80 diseases now that have shown that a pathological angiogenesis is an underlying cause of these diseases. So it's of great interest to me. And of the angiogenesis, I'm interested in the dissociation, uh, regression of angiogenesis, and also maturation. There's many people that are doing initiation of angiogenesis, and that's where a lot of the anti-angiogenesis drugs that they're using for cancer therapy right now. And that's very interesting, but there's a lot of problems with that. So I figured that by looking at what are the endogenous mechanisms for regression and maturation, that it's possible that this would be a better alternate avenue for finding therapeutics for treating various pathological angiogenic diseases, such as cancer, there's diabetic retinopathy, endometriosis. So I use wound healing as my model because in wound healing, it's a physiological angiogenesis where you get to see the whole pattern of angiogenesis, regression, and maturation. And regression plays a very, very big part in the wound healing process because you get anywhere around three to five times the number of blood vessels that are actually necessary for the tissue. And all those have to regress because if they don't, then you have a weakened tissue. So understanding that process there can help lead to find new therapeutics for pathological angiogenesis. So you mentioned a number of diseases that rely on this phenomenon. I was looking at the list that you shared with me earlier. And just to give our listeners maybe perhaps a broader spectrum you would also include rheumatoid arthritis and pulmonary fibrosis in that list as well. Correct. And what's the status of your research relative to the hypothesis you're pursuing? Right now, there are a number of endogenous inhibitors to angiogenesis. The one that I'm most interested in is the CXCR3 receptor that has ligands that are IP9, IP10, and platelet factor 4. And these are common factors that are found in wound healing. And in particular, they're found during the late granulation stage of wound healing when you see major regression of the blood vessels. So that's what got me very interested in researching this receptor. So you're looking at the regression of blood vessels, but if I'm not mistaken, actually 
once you understand that, the strategy will be to prevent the regression. Is that correct? Correct. So we are looking to find a particular avenue to activate the endogenous regression cycle of angiogenesis. In this way, if you can activate this endogenous pathway, then you can override any of the angiogenic signals that are found in the diseases. Because that's one of the problems with a lot of the anti-angiogenic drugs is there aren't any specific for specific angiogenic molecule, but there's multiple ones out there. And because cells are so smart that if you inhibit one, they will upregulate a different one so that you really don't get the regression or stoppage of angiogenesis. All you're doing is slowing it down until the cell adapts and then will progress into producing more blood vessels. Is there a role for endothelial cells in this process? Yes. Endothelial cells are my main cells that I look at. They actually express the CXCR3 receptor. And so what we found is that If you activate this receptor, even in the presence of very potent angiogenic molecules such as vascular endothelial growth factor or basic fibroblast growth factor, that you can actually get inhibition of endothelial cell function. So by activating this receptor, you can cause vessel regression, and that's through inhibition of migration and inducing apoptosis um, through anoechus, which is the disruption of the cell to the matrix. So if the cell detaches from the matrix, it will undergo apoptosis. So where do pericytes fit into this? So pericytes have been something that's been recently of great interest because they have been found to be sort of a stem cell-like cell, and they play an important role in the microvasculature. They're sort of the smooth muscle cells, of the microvasculature. So what they do is they wrap themselves around the endothelial cells. So they promote vessel stabilization. So pericytes are thought to come in and associate with the new vessels, and they are thought to form gap junctions and have communications between the endothelial cells and themselves. They've been shown to play a very important role in maturation. But I've also thought that they also have other roles. And my research has just recently shown that they can also induce vessel regression. And so now what I think is going on is that during wound healing, when you have a hypoxic environment, the pericytes can help to promote vessel stability. And then when you get to a normoxic environment, as the wound becomes more vascularized, that the pericytes will then start actually producing these CXCR3 ligands and induce regression of the neovasculature that has not been fully formed or do not have pericytes on them. So now we're looking at how the pericytes regulate the vasculature. This is very interesting. Dr. Bodner, as I look at some of your more recent publications, I think it might be useful to highlight a few of the achievements you've realized. So I, I think the more recent one talks about the about pericytes and their role in wound healing. Perhaps you can highlight a few comments about that particular manuscript. 
Yes, that manuscript just came out a few months ago, and it's a seminal paper, or at least I think so, because it's one of the first ones to show that pericytes not only induce vessel stability, but they can then promote vessel regression. And so this is going against what the typical norm is for the pericytes, because, again, everybody believes the pericytes are there to promote vessel stability. And so this is the first paper to show that pericytes will actually induce vessel regression. And then we show that, again, it's through the CXCR3 receptor, and that what happens, we think, is going on is that pericytes under normoxic conditions will actually produce the ligands for the receptor. And then once they're producing those, they will cause regression of the immature vessels. Because what we found is that during angiogenesis, endothelial cells will express the receptor. And once the endothelial cells become mature, they downregulate the expression of this receptor. So that's how maturation helps to occur, is by downregulation of the receptor. And if they don't downregulate the receptor, then when the pericytes start producing their ligands, then you have regression of their vessels. So let's look downstream a couple of years, and let's hypothesize that this work continues to mature. How might a clinician use these findings or expected findings to treat a wound? What I'm looking at the clinicians is, in particular, diabetic wounds, the chronic wounds. So one of the things that we think is going on is that the production of these chemokines for CXCR3 seem to be really high, and they may be one of the causes for why vessels aren't forming and also cause the rupture of the tissue in diabetes because they don't have a good vascular for their wounds and this would cause for the ulceration. One of the things we could think of is finding a way to inhibit the production of these chemokines or by blocking the receptor on CXCR3 and that's what we're pretty much looking to do is try to block the endothelial expression of CXCR3 or find a compound that will actually block the receptor so it doesn't become activated. In this way, you can override those signals and allow angiogenesis to progress. So it sounds like you've built a pretty stable foundation, and now the challenge before you is to find the particular mechanisms to block these receptors. Correct. That's what we're hoping to do in the future is to find some small molecule that actually can bind to the receptor and inhibit its function. So now you can actively promote angiogenesis. And then on the opposite way is if you have pathological angiogenesis to actually find a molecule that can activate the receptor and particularly the receptor that's expressed on the endothelial cells. So this way then you could give that particular molecule to patients that have a pathological angiogenesis, in particular those suffering from cancer and rheumatoid arthritis, endometriosis, and diabetic retinopathy, which is one of the biggest problems that people are having these days. Very interesting, and I might add very promising. So Dr. Bodner, I know you have an interest in pericytes and their role in wound healing and cancer. Please share with us a little bit about that work. My new avenue of research is really starting to look at pericytes and their function. 
people don't really understand the role of parasites and what they're doing. And so in wound healing, it's really interesting because as the blood vessels are starting to regrow, the parasites are out there, but no one knows what they're doing. And there's a lot of evidence that says that the parasites may dissociate from the vessels. And as they're in the wound environment, they will then de-differentiate into possibly other cells and help the wound environment. So they've been shown to possibly de-differentiate into macrophages, myofibroblasts, even endothelial cells. So they may act as a helper cell in the wound environment to promote wound healing. That's one of the things we're looking at. So when the parasites are out there and away from the endothelial cells, what are they doing and how are they helping promote wound healing? And then the second thing we're looking at is parasites regarding tumor growth. Parasites have been found to be in the tumors, and they're not sure what's going on with their function. And one of the hypotheses is that by enhancing parasite function and allowing the parasites to then associate with blood vessels, now you make a more mature blood vessel, and this blood vessel is sort of resistant to tumor metastasis. And it's the leaky blood vessel that promotes tumor metastasis, and it's the functional blood vessel that may inhibit it. So we want to investigate that avenue to see how parasites may help to regulate metastasis. Sounds like a very promising area of research. Uh, Dr. Bodner, I'd like to thank you for joining us today and sharing your pioneering studies. You've introduced a number of interesting approaches that offer promise for the future. We'll post on the podcast website a link to Dr. Bodner's webpage. And as we conclude this podcast, I'd like to remind our listeners, we welcome suggestions for podcast topics. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. And I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series. Until we meet again... Thank you for listening.